the button and let me know before I is this get the wrong idea. Yeah, this is okay. So once again, the theme song is now different. It's not. <laughs> it's not the theme song for the podcast. It's just no. I'm just singing now. Yeah, this is Acapella now a singing podcast. Whatever that was. You don't know what that song is? I mean, I do, but push I, the button. Push my button. How the button. am I supposed to know the name of the song? It's, I said it. Yeah, is that the actual name of the song? Or is that just a line from the chorus no, that you've chosen push, to be the name of the song? It's called Push My Button. Um, let me, you know, oh, of let the me bus bloody line. find out. I can't remember the fucking name. See, this is Venga what I'm bus? fucking telling you. Pardon? The Venga Bus Venga it's something. Not the fucking no, it's not Venga the Venga Boys. Boys. Jesus they are Christ. touring next year, though. How is that still happening? How is the Venga Bus still rolling at this point? <laughs> sure. I mean, I mean they've, had the to replace, they've had to replace basically everything in the bus. Um, the sugar babes. I the sugar babes. Oh, it is sugar. Yeah, of course, yeah, it's sugar, sugar babes. babes. Some sugared babes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Venga bo- the the Boys. The sugar Go around. The, is, is that, that the sugar babes? Yeah. As I think well. that's one of the other ones. No, it's sugar babes. Ugh, let the me sugared that. babes, and it's also round, round baby. Come on, fuck, Jesus Christ! If you're gonna what did do I say? it, you said go round. Go round, baby, go round. You were yeah, instructing what, somebody to, to head round the outside it's in the manner round, of a trailer round. park girl. Oh. I'm trying to... I will double check. She says round, round. She says round, round. I can check the lyrics. Okay. See, the it makes less sense. She said, yeah, it's round, round, baby, round, round, spend <laughs> yeah. the night on me. I don't need no man. Oh, spend the night on me. This is either more explicit than I remember when I was... I choose that that song's about fired on the beat down low. I don't need nobody Is it the sugared babes? It's the sugared babes. Oh, I see. And then it goes into that really like slow um, bridge. Oh, yeah, no, I, fucking, I heard this actually somewhere in a freaking store. It was just like over the top. And that change hit. And I'm just like, that is bullshit. It is the most gear change thing. And then that bit just kind of so cool. ends. And they go like, all right. Round, round, baby. Back to the chorus. It's irrelevant. I don't know what just happened. I passed out for a bit. Like, it's the strangest fucking thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then it's just like, okay. Uh, and now back to the song. <laughs> back to the song. <laughs> Sorry, that was a, had a moment, but yes. That was one of the sugared babes testing the waters for a solo career. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the song. Yeah. Whatever happened to babe. them? I, the same thing that happens to all of the manufactured uh, pop stars. They, I mean, the Pussycat Dolls. They make a lot of money on reality I mean, Backstreet Boys is back. Well, they were always back. They actually never Jonas left. Brothers are they back. They returned before they arrived. <laughs> I have arrived. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe that was them from the future and they went backwards in time. And they're like Backstreet's back. Backstreet's so back. To their prime. Oh, also, I've got to tell you, sometimes you'll see things. You know what I mean? Okay, yes. And so I was out and yeah, I was out yes. at a restaurant and there was a TV at the restaurant because uh-huh. it was a fast food chain. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there and this film clip comes on and it's of the Backstreet Boys. And it's softcore pornography. It's like <laughs> they were playing this so in public. So it was public. from the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, but it was just like, it was literally them singing whatever song it was. Very distracting, so I don't recall. But it was like <laughs> collared shirts, Buttons totally undone, and then just close-ups of abs rolling. Like that was basically it. <laughs> oh, is that I want it that way? I don't fucking know. <laughs> that might have been I want it that way. I'm gonna just. It's, it's like a meaningless song. The thing is, that's the thing. It's not a meaningless song. That song fucking kicks ass. The lyrics mean nothing. They mean nothing. They're meaningless. Thanks, Max Martin. You genius. <laughs> oh no, this one's got an airplane in it. It's, oh, not, it's not that. It's not that one. Mm. I want it in the air. What's that other one? <laughs> What's that other Backstreet Boys song? You know, the second, that's the only other single they have, you know? It yeah, doesn't. the only one. The only other one, I you know. Think. Larger than life, larger but that's not pornographic. That's like a space battle. Yeah, that was like a... Yeah. That's why I liked it in 1999 because I was like... 
Seven. Oh, you know the one, it, or was it everybody? No. no everybody. That was the space bottle, wasn't it? No, no, no. Because that's Backstreet's back. No, 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 no. Larger than life is that makes you larger than life. And that was uh, again delivered with weird Michael Jackson husk. I'm not sure why that's happening. Yeah, yeah like in like unison, unison husk, unison husk. No, I was talking about you. They just sang it. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, saying. That's the thing. It's like the other day when we were singing. Um, <sighs> fuck. My is brain. it by Brian Adams? <laughs> Once again to the Music and Everything podcast. Today is a very special episode because it's the it's the holiday it's the holiday season. We're, we're recording the week before. It's, it's the bloody merry, silly merry season. It's the silly it season, is. and it's a special holiday episode. Yay! And we are covering something <laughs> that is very close to our gullets, which is, of course, if you say bread. <laughs> I swear to God, if you say I the was word a bread, a millisecond away from saying bread. Beer. Beer is the answer. Yes, I've taken to call, calling beer bread and I shouldn't because you can't just nickname a drink another thing that is that food. Is food because I like it. Hey, babe, could you pick up some bread on the way home? The answer is all signs point to yes. <laughs> it's I, like calling gin onions. It's like... <laughs> is, just Okay, just I'm sorry. Just as an aside here because obviously you just made that connection in your brain. Is gin onions. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. But I, okay, so They both go in a cocktail if you have a cocktail onion. I just don't I, like that. You know all. what? I love the way that your mind works, but no. I also like that. Let's talk about beer, guys. Let's talk about beer. But first of all, we need to... Oh, here we go. Three, we go. two, one. Oh, oh, I fucked it. I didn't get it. <laughs> do, do yours. We'll do a... Three, two, one. Three, three, two. One. Oh, that was... After, okay, good. Nice one. <laughs> cheers. Anyway, cheers, guys. Cheers. This is a, we're, we're drinking beers. This isn't soda. It's not soft drink. Even Dale has a beer. Oh, Dale has to be yay. Cheers. Included. <laughs> we're not going to name the beer that we're drinking uh, because we're are not we? Spawn. But yeah. I'm we are they drinking did a want 
hazy. us to talk about them, we'd be interested. So send this to. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. If you guys want to fucking. Uh, this is hazy IPA. Is what it mm, is. It's actually really Wait, yummy. Are these one point eight standard they drinks? They are one point eight standard drinks. Goodness gracious you me! Been you done, said gone, to get an IPA. Yeah, I sure did. You sure did. We didn't ask you to get a baseball bat, however. So. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about the who's doing the, uh, There's no hat. Where oh my god, god, where's, where's the, the hat? hat? Where's the hat? Dale, the oh hat. my god, it's Dale not the, the Christmas spirit. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm panicking. Protect the hat at all costs. Protect Hurry, the hat at all living. costs. <laughs> it's being cracked. Thank you. <laughs> I have the hat. Good. Okay, that's much better. Samuel so, has uh, the hat. Sam, you're wearing the hat today. Uh, <laughs> please be clear. Samuel, <laughs> you're wearing the bread today. Can you please <laughs> Can you please tell us about bread? Yes. So we're drinking an IPA, and the reason is, is because for those who are familiar with an IPA, they're kind of like you know the icon of the craft beer movement. If, you, if you're drinking craft beer by choice, you probably like IPAs as a rule. It's got a strong florally kind of flavor. Yeah, it's quite bitter. Usually so, stronger than your average bear. Yeah, it's usually yeah. quite strong. And um, not only, and if, if, if you you know if you don't like craft beer, it's a chance. Is that you don't like IPAs? That is oh, flavorful exactly and reason. overwhelming. <laughs> to say like this tastes like a can of battery acid, yeah, and as it's been described, because <laughs> <laughs> it sort of comes off as acidic and bitter. Does this taste like a gin onion to you? <laughs> oh, here we go. Samuel has a cough because yeah. drum roll. Sam had COVID again. Yeah, well, yeah. Sam actually had for the COVID first time. for the first time, and Samantha had COVID for the oh, second time. Did you not get it last time? No. no I didn't. Is this the first time you've had COVID? Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Rookie. This is like some, you're just late to the game. So green, babe. Jeez. <laughs> yes, uh, it's very irritating. You're call. like the New York Yankees so signing please, someone for 10 years at the end of their career. <laughs> so like, please excuse his random coughing fits. So the, what's cool about the IPA and starting talking about it at first is it's kind of starting the uh, beer story at the end. Can you please pretend to have a mustache and twirl it when you say like, okay, <laughs> yeah. what's cool about the IPA? The IPA <laughs> is yeah. that it's obviously superior. And <laughs> I am superior because I drink it. Yeah, it's in my mustache and it will never get one. <laughs> what were you fucking saying? Yes, starting, <laughs> starting the beer story at the end rather than the beginning because yes, yes. it is of course extremely ancient. And it's one of the things I personally really like about beer uh, is that there's this sort of historical feeling about it. Um, it's got a strong connection because even though it's changed a lot over the thousands of years that humans mm -hmm. have drunk it, it is still beer and it's still uh, barley soup. And <laughs> barley soup that yum, we yum, left yum. outside. Also, so a quick fact about beer as well is that it is, if you don't count water, it is the second most consumed beverage in the world. Well, water too. Yes. Well, water isn't actually a beverage. Water is its own category. Okay, yeah, what whatever. What the fuck? What the fuck? Fuck! What? What do you mean? A beverage is a liquid that you consume that is Who not. Decided it's water. Like beverages. Is no. this just the Belgians deciding this again? No, no, no. <laughs> like, okay, you know what? Uh, you continue with your story. I'm gonna do a little do. googling and I'll. Ooh, yeah, so I'm basically, ding. okay, round two. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. Um, so the one above it, by the way, is tea. Oh, tea is water with bits in. Yeah, well, okay, well, beer is like 97% water, basically. Oh, well, I'm wasting my time. <laughs> yes, it's like flavoured water, very flavoured water. Okay. Um, but tea is, is the most drunk um, non-water drink in the world. Um, and if, if you might be sitting here doubting that, going like, oh, I only have tea every now and again. Or if you're like American, you're like, never have tea. And it's like you're forgetting about all of East Asia. So mm -hmm. tea is the most drunk drink in the world and then followed by beer. Yes, Samantha? The definition. Samantha has her hand up again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that, Samuel. It's, it's important to be respectful in this discussion. Okay. That's why I raised my hand. A beverage is a drink other than water. I'm actually angry about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting the rage back in beverage. <laughs> 
Please noise. continue. And also the Vera. Let's go. And um, the yeah. <laughs> and so I don't actually have the list on me because I forgot to save it, but it's not important to have the details. But um, so the list of, of where beer is drunk in the world is sort of kind of telling. So if you go, who consumes the most beer by country in, in the whole world? Can I have a guess? Um, so let's start. So I want to specify this is by volume first. By so volume of beer consumed. The, okay, so not per capita. Right? Not per capita. Yeah, so what do volume. you think volume? Volume of beer consumed. Bloody Australia. Um, uh, the United States of America. China. Why the fuck did I not just say China? <laughs> it's because just, there's more it's people just where there. more most people are. Now, okay, let's see. If you switch <laughs> to per capita. Yeah. Um, China Australia. is... Australia. Belgium. No, put my hand up. No. Belgium. I was thinking it was going to be Australia too, but then I forgot about all of Central and Eastern Europe. We need to lift our game. Oh, of course, I forgot about all <laughs> of Central and Eastern Europe. So China Europe. drops way down that list per capita, yeah. which goes to show just how many people because, there are in China. Because Germany exists. <laughs> yeah, so Germany exists. Is Germany the most? I think kickoff is at about 15 there. You don't have the fucking list? I know, list? I don't. I don't have, have one pocket. job on this Sam, ship. Please look it up. Oh. <laughs> your, your job. <laughs> Try, yeah, do it. Um, yeah, so it, it, I know. I rem- do remember that almost all of the top 10 is, is Central and Eastern Europe um, for the most part, mm-hmm. Wait, um, except what? in Namibia. How, um, I'm trying to figure out how the fuck to phrase this. Google uh, says, uh, <laughs> beer consumption beer per capita. Cons- oh, thank you, love. Wiki. Can continue on with your discussion. Um, thank you. So Australia, I was thinking, oh, bloody Australia's going to be up there. Drink tons of bloody Drew, beer. It's hot, mate. Uh, it's number 17, which is number still quite high. We're doing our best. Yeah, how yeah. many countries are there in the world? Uh, lots. No, thanks. <laughs> Hundreds. This is an edutainment podcast. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, is, when you do by per capita, it kind of becomes a bit um, illusory because there's lots and lots of countries in Eastern Europe that are very small. <laughs> so right. that list, so it's number 17. So it's like behind five guys drink beer, everyone else teetotal, and it's like, <laughs> that's 50% of the goddamn population. All right, so top 10 beer drinking countries in order of uh, like top you know, one to 10. Let's fucking go. Czech Republic. Really? They drink 140 litres per year per person. 140 litres per year per person. Wait. That's half a litre a day. Austria, 107 litres per year per person. I love that massive gap too between those number one and number two. and 107. <laughs> and then it's Romania with 100 litres, Germany with 99, Poland close, with so 97. Close. Just round it up, guys. Fuck. Namibia. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which is... That's in Africa, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. This is an edutainment. <laughs> um, Ireland. It's coming strong Ireland at number seven. That doesn't yes. surprise me at all. Spain in number eight, Croatia in number nine, and Latvia in number ten. They're all doing their Where's level best. Where's Buddy Australia? 17, as you already Seven, yeah. have said. <laughs> You've already Actually, said. sorry, where is the US in that? Because Jim did mention the US. 20. Yeah. Hey, fuck we're above yeah. it. Fuck them. And we beat Great Let's we, go. And we all beat Great Britain. A-U-S, okay. but the one down south. <laughs> now, I like I couldn't find immediately like, you know, like beer consumption between like men and women in Australia, because I was kind of curious. But by anecdotal evidence, men drink at least significantly more beer than women do, mm-hmm. as a rule in, in Australia. I, in which more, goes in to one show. sitting or like <laughs> per day? Like what's the per hour or like <laughs> Yeah, so well, the hour, I mean, men are allowed to drink, what, two beers in the first oh, hour? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm allowed to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> We've derailed so fast. Um, but, you know, like, if you go by per capita, we're talking about the entire population. So for Australia to be up there at number 17, mm. for a country that has a fairly gendered relationship with beer... Mm-hmm. Men must drink a lot of beer in Australia. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because they're fucking sick cunts, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) All right, clarified. Good. All right, we're educating people. Yeah. 
That's why. So what's what's our relationship with beer, everybody? My, my personal relationship with beer. This yeah. isn't an, an anonymous meeting. Is this, <laughs> I feel like this is your excuse for an intervention. Would you like, Jim, uh, why don't you tell us uh, and everyone uh, your relationship with beer? Uh, no, I... I I, I mean, like, uh, let me start first by saying that I don't have a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone was worried about that. But I, the thing is, okay, so like I, I shift based on, and this is genuine truth, I shift based on budget as to what my approach to beer is, whether it is like full abstinence <laughs> or whether it's like cheapo kind of, you know, watery Mexican beers with a bit of lime in it to like, oh, I'm getting a crafty kind of thing. It's mm. literally based on where the budget is at at the moment. Mm. So, of course, in these unprecedented and trying times, uh, I find myself drinking a fair bit of like watery Mexican beer. And what, what also, I mean, the other thing I will say about that is that like that has actually helped me to kind of like shed the programming of like, oh, it has to be a nice crafty kind mm. of beer. Otherwise you're drinking plebs beer or something like that, you know. Mm. Whereas now it's like, it's fucking summer. It's getting really hot. Let's drink a watery beer with mm. some lime in it and be nice yeah, to each other. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, I agree. It kind of reminds me when we were doing the Australian episode, the last time we were doing a podcast recording and, and sitting down with beers mm. um, was after the Australian episode, we were drinking Forex Gold, yeah. which we're all like, oh my God, we'd never drink this. And we're drinking like, this is fine. It's Sometimes fine. you want to drink a jar of piss and that's fine. Yeah. As the Australians will say. Because it's really hot. Jar of blood. And, and by that, he means shit beer, not an actual not jar actual of piss. piss. <laughs> Although, that's actually one of my favorite phrases actually is get on the piss. Get on the mm. piss. Because I mean, so, wow. the thing is, it's actually pretty crass, but it's so pervasive in culture that you could probably say it in a work environment. Yeah, you, definitely. You might, yeah, definitely. Be like, what are you up to this week? And I am probably going to get on the piss. And it's like, oh, well, that's deeply yeah. offensive and me too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Samesies. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I'm very new to beer as uh, because I like talking about necessity that quarantine got me drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, back in 2020. Because we one. could yeah. only afford one sixer. And so... Yeah, yeah what's the docket deal this yeah, week? Yeah, exactly. $14 deals of, you know... Yeah, whatever. and so it was one of those things where it's like Sam can't drink some of the alcoholic beverages I drink because he can't have carbonated beverages. Mm. And so I had to go, well, let's see how I go with beer. Mm. And now I can drink beer, which is like nice. Yeah. It's nice because we can share jugs now. Yeah, but it really actually, was like required like external pressure to that, get me to drink it. That like first beer thing is a bit funny, isn't it? Because you had the experience of like your like most of your early sort of adulthood beer was like just disgusting. Like you would smell it or taste it and be like, oh God, why are you drinking? And you would always taste mine every single time. <laughs> Sam would order a side eye or a beer. You'd taste, oh, I'll taste the beer. I'm like, why are you, you doing know this what? to yourself? You know what? <laughs> Let me have a sip of that. And of course I was having like, you know, I don't know, cloudy IPA or something. You'd be like, oh my God, this is battery acid. Yeah. Well, like the one that you had was like a tangerine situation. I was like- Yeah, that was a mistake. Um, We're going to yeah. have like a, a milk stout, uh, a cigar flavor. <laughs> cigar and blueberry sour. Smoked oh. malt. <laughs> Yuck. Um, I remember my have first you had beer. the ashtray IPA? <laughs> my first beer was not an ashtray IPA. Yeah, okay. It was when I was 16 and it was a Carlton- That's a Mid of all things. I remember my first one was a Bogues Light. And I remember wow, having- Wow, that's and actually a good choice. Roughly the same age. It's like, dad, being, being dad. And like, you know, let's share a beer together. And it gives me a bloody 
one of a beer that we had lying around, which was with the which was the Bogues Light. And I remember sipping it. It was going to be this beautiful moment, except that it tastes like Satan's asshole. So, <laughs> so immediately I'm just like, mm, thanks, Dad, and dying inside. Because like now I have to drink all of this, otherwise yeah. it's going to be a thing. Yeah, this <laughs> is like, so true. Because when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it tastes like how you imagine butter beer tasting when when you're a kid reading Harry Potter, and you're like, you see, there's it, like it's going to be foamy it's and gonna delicious. Be nice. It's going to taste like sort of creamy somehow. Also, you're used to like soft drinks, so of course everything's going to be sweet, you know. And instead, you get bitter barley battery soup and you're like what the fuck is <laughs> yeah. this you know the, the bbbs bad beer which yes. in the case of carlton mid it certainly was bad oh beer. my lord first of all we're gonna have to beep out all of that <laughs> <laughs> the slander against yeah. this extremely successful beer that does not need our help or hindrance defamation where the fuck son. are we Sam? okay, so okay. <laughs> we are at our experiences of ale yes um so let us think about where hell began then mm-hmm. so Okay, so up until very recently, beer was very, very different. So for starters, let's just pick at the obvious thing. We're drinking cold beer. And unless you're English, uh, no one drinks warm beer. No one wants to drink warm beer. Mm -hmm. It's drunk, freezing cold, preferably like zero degrees cold. Is this an Australian attitude or is this a global attitude? It is a fairly global attitude. It is drunk cold because it's just, you know, better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you're drinking beer because it's bloody hot. Yeah. That's an Australian attitude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but so like refrigeration is the first really obvious thing where it's like, that's very recent. Mm. So beer was drunk warm up until very Very recently. recent and also Australian as it turns out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, another thing is it wasn't filtered. So, okay, let's think back to 500 years ago, like maybe like late medieval let's times. Let's turn back the clock. <laughs> to wind back the clock. Maybe to like, let's go back to the 1200s. All right, so total medieval, and let's go to like medieval Europe where beer was drunk a lot because they had lots of this ingredients. Pre-plague. This is a yeah. good time. <laughs> no, it wasn't actually. What? Um, no, 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 before the plague, the reason why the plague oh, no, hit so badly. Oh, in 13th century was it? Yeah, okay, that's yeah. fine. Plague hit so badly because the Europe was already starved from famine from a whole series of horrible winters <laughs> and hugely overpopulated. I love what how this beer wonderful... podcast is just tangent oh, to like, what oh, the Black Death. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Black Death and the many, many suffering uh, children that were left orphaned by, sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. So it was unfiltered. So this is like chunky. It's a chunky soup because this was not a recreational drink for the most Sorry, part. Sorry, did you just say chunky soup? I was taking a <laughs> sip of my chunky soup and I didn't hear you. That's this really was gross. not a recreational drink for the most part. It was brewed as food. It's no. bread. It's bread. <laughs> it's fucking it's bread, bread. It's onions. <laughs> it's soup. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was naturally fermented. So Can basically, you pick up some croutons <laughs> on the way home? This was stuff where you just had, you had barley, um, and water and anything else you wanted to flavor with. Uh, it wasn't hops at this stage, actually, which is commonly in, in beer now. It was a, a Groot. <laughs> yes, a Groot. Groot. I'm Groot. Um, Do you want to know? How what? is that spelled? G-R-U-I-T. And that usually consisted of, sorry. I it was like flowers, wasn't it? It was, like, it was flowers. Um, Give me one hot secadu. Horsehound. Okay. Um, none, of, none of that's a word. So that's uh, <laughs> sorry. Root. Okay, uh, dandelion, burdock root, marigold, whorehound, ground ivy, heather, and a variety of bitter herbs and flowers were used. Did Heather have to be involved? Because she's been talking behind my back. What a bitch. <laughs> okay, so, and they'll do that to flavor. And of course, they didn't need to add yeast. They didn't have manufactured yeast in 1253. Um, Slackers. They had just yeast because it was on the barley. So this is just already on the, the crops. <laughs> I think I've read that. The yeast that's on the bar. <laughs> yes, it's wild yeast. Sounds like yeast. an Irish tune. And we um, still have wild yeast. Yes, we still have wild yeast. In fact, there's some some people um, in this uh, They were area nearly hunted to extinction. 
As in, <laughs> shooting the wild geese from the trains. There's an area in Belgium today that still brew like a traditional sort of ale that's made off wild fermented yeast. All right. Which is pretty wild. So, the, yeah, okay. So is that made... like the ultimate hipster beverage as well? Like, <laughs> we're, we're going to go full fucking medieval, medieval. on the beer. Like. Unfiltered wild so yeast. You imagine they just made this sort of barley um, soup by heating it and then they left it out. And it's essentially a warm fermentation process. And of course, mm-hmm. they were aware of this. Probably initially in ancient times, they weren't. They probably just made barley soup and things got weird. Mm. Um, but they started doing it deliberately from very, very ancient times. Uh, and in this medieval period, this was just like something that was drunk by everybody every single day. Mm-hmm. Kids, Hell old yeah. people. Let's go. Every day. That's because it was very low alcohol because they're not deliberately fermenting this with yeast to make it really, really strong mm-hmm. to drink for fun. It's just, a you know, you're yeah. making it stretch to the whole family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> but it did contain alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this is what they drank because just like in Southern Europe where they had grapes and they made wine, very low alcohol wine, mm-hmm. they would um, give this to kids and everything every single day because it's what they had. Yes, Samantha. Is this also because the water source was really dangerous it and so indeed. it was actually safer for them to drink beer than it was for them to drink water? Yeah, because the water would just kill you because it was filled with human excrement and the beer... Delicious. Wasn't. Because this is, of course, pre-plumbing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. So they re, they they because they heated this um wort the soup. Um, I'm sorry, the what? W O R T. We'll get to it. Don't okay. worry. We'll get to it because mm-hmm. they heated it. Um, it would and it would um sort of uh, what's that? Disinfect. That's not the right word. Sanitize. It would sanitize the the water that you're putting into the the beer. Yeah, there's that thing that uh, they do with doctors and shit. You know. Okay, so <laughs> in in surgery they go in and they. Holy mother of God, why can I think of this Antiseptic? Word? No! God damn Disinfect. it! Disinfect? No, I'm going to fucking... It's fine. Okay, so the records about how much was consumed uh, mostly come from soldiers and monasteries because they're the records that survive about how much people are drinking because they were like a lot of that amount. Mm-hmm. So there's records from Westminster Abbey in this same century in which the monks consumed one gallon per day. Oh. A gallon is 4.6 <laughs> litres roughly. Yeah. 4.6 litres is about eight pints. This is why they <laughs> thought that those haircuts were a good idea. Because <laughs> like wow. it's low alcohol. There's but no it's need not... to come for them. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's low alcohol, but it's not that low alcohol, right? right. Like, it's not eight, eight pints worth this of This is why they thought they had a relationship yeah. with God. Sterilise. Fuck me, Dad. Sterilise. Holy oh, Jim, Jesus thank Christ. You. Sterilize. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. sitting here having a bad time. <laughs> yeah, so that's a fair estimate for everyday folk as well because it was considered food. This was considered a part of the diet. Grains were almost all of the medieval diet. Mm-hmm. So um, it was considered an important part of their food. Can I just ask? Right. Okay, so let's, we're, winding the clock back, we're winding the clock back way further. Uh, and we're talking about the first instance of beer. Yes. Right? Um, I always think, because people are, uh, you know, one of the, the, the sort of shitty myths, and we talked about this a lot earlier in the podcast where it's just like in the past, people assume people in the past are dumb. It's why that whole yeah. like, how did the pyramids get built? Oh, it was aliens. It's like, no, people are just smarter than you now and also then. Um, <laughs> but I like, the, so knowing that, there's still going to be a point where it's just like, you know, the barley's been left out in the sun and someone goes like, oi, I dare you to drink it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, the barley's gone all foamy. Yeah. <laughs> and someone's just like, I'll, I'll, I'll day, fucking yeah. do it. Oh, I'll fucking do it, yeah. What and do Heather's like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, gosh. yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of famously known that, like, this, like, people say, oh, everybody invented beer, like, all across the world. It's kind of true. 
Yeah. But it is obviously dependent on what <clears throat> ingredients you have. Like you have to have barley. Is that example. more like everybody discovered beer rather yeah. than invented beer? Discovered beer because mm. you know you've got all these grains. Barley's really hard to eat. Um, so you you turn it into barley mush soup, and anywhere where you can make barley mush soup became beer because somebody discovered you can ferment this probably by accident, yeah. and then yeah. they started deliberately fermenting. Just it. cleaning out the fridge, and it's yeah, the back, like, oh, and it's shit, like, oh, we fuck, found we this. didn't throw oh. the barley yeah. soup away. And what that meant is it lasted like, actually way longer. Smells like dank, but also good. I fucking <laughs> I, I dare you to drink it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're talking like so. The earliest evidence is around five thousand years ago. Oh damn! That's sick. So the earliest physical evidence that's a jug. Oh, hell yeah. It's a jug and it's in modern day Iran. They know how to have a good time. Um, yeah. So they obviously they have jug fragment. They find the How much would you pay for a jug back then, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these days, mates, but mates, $22. I'll tell you what. Um, and it's also mentioned in writing. So around 4,000 years ago, the Sumerians. Uh, returning to the Sumerians. Once again. They counted to 60 and then they wrote this down. Um, <laughs> it was a... What did they Based say? 16 well, it's, so it's the, actually the earliest recipe for beer that's written down, but it's in poetic form because the Sumerians were not helpful to us. Um, <laughs> and it was written to their goddess of brewing. A lady. The brewing A lady goddess, of brewing. Yeah. Named Ninkasi. Oh, sick. Yeah. That's but so yeah, so cool. like, what I love is about, like, so there's this global we thing. We pronounce right? it case now. Jim. That's what? a that's a slab of beer. Drink. I'm gonna thank you. I'm gonna throw something at yep. you. Thanks, guys. So if we had a little, like a little applause sound effect there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So like, obviously, there's lots of ancient stories that are really commonly known. You know, like um, the Sumerians, they they paid people in beer. They paid paid workers in beer. So did Egyptians. They paid people in beer. Um, because again, this sounds very, very silly, but it was basically food and it was a huge part of their nutrition. But it was kind of invented everywhere, but not always from the same ingredients. So there's barley-based beer that's evidenced in China from about 5,000 years ago. Okay. But it wasn't made very commonly up until kind of modern times because it's not an easy crop. And when hops were introduced as well into beer in the sort of 1300s, China didn't have uh, hops native, obviously, there. And it wasn't easy to do that. So people were brewing stuff based off what they had. And that's true, of course, the world. People made alcohol based off what they just had because <laughs> that's how these sort of drinks emerged. Because it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so they what, use like rice, yeah, rice, corn. Yep, corn. Other probably like other... And of course, fruit. Fruits, of course, yeah, yeah, yes. For like ciders and stuff. So in, um, sake is a really good example. Japanese sake, mm -hmm. which by the way is, is only in like an English language term because I'm pretty sure in Japanese sake is just a term for all liquor mm -hmm. and we call their rice wine sake. Anyway, so Japanese sake, Japanese rice wine. Mm -hmm. It's actually closer to a beer than a wine because they actually are brewing essentially rice beer that's filtered in a particular way that's very clear. Right. So can I ask about fizz for a second? Fizz? Yeah. Because like if you're saying that it's a... Uh, it's closer to a beer than a wine. Like it's it's flat. Is beer traditionally flat? Yes. Yes. Is, is, Me I, with my have good had... pointed questions. <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent question. You've been um, listening. <laughs> yes, I forgot to mention that your your old timey ales and beers um, were not very carbonated um, because even the ones that were like produced for pubs and stuff in like the eighteen hundreds. Mm -hmm. They are less carbonated than modern beers. The thing is, like in an English pub now, you can still get your cask ale and they pump it out with a little yeah. bloke and it's it's not very nice. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's there kind of go. that room temperature vibe as well. Well, yes, because so old timey ales, they're produced with like uh, natural carbonation. There's just a combination of the yeast producing the gases. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you've standard keg of beer. Now it's forced carbonation. They're literally in the keg. 
and through the tapping process, force in CO2 mm-hmm. um, so that it bubbles. Or in right. the case of Guinness, force in nitrogen to add an extra and foamy, and CO2 to add an extra foamy top, which is why yeah, yeah, that's in why the it's cans so you have the widget. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. See, that's fun to know. Yeah. Yeah, so and fun to drink, quite frankly. Mm, delicious. There's a great story about the sort of like medieval beer story. And I think it's really important because we, I, I think that beer is on a... Uh, <laughs> beer is commonly connected mm-hmm. to the medieval past in the sort of European sort of imaginary. Because we sort of like, what's the stereotypical thing if you're going to drink some ales and you maybe have it in a big mug or something? Yeah, it's going, oh, ales, yes, yes, in a tavern. And yeah. No one. <laughs> so it's funny to imagine this like kind of gross soup that is nothing like beer being drunk. Um, but what's really interesting is in that time period, brewers were not men. That image of the ales clicking and stuff. Yeah, the Everybody's gas- drinking the, it, the men scene and women. from Beauty and the Beast, which yeah, is where yeah. I keep going. <laughs> Gaston. The brewers were also women. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I'm dying. In like you go back before the Black Death, brewers in Europe were women, mm-hmm. and the term is actually alewife. 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 That's pretty Goals. sick, actually. Goals. <laughs> Goals. Um, oh god. Which also kind of became a term for like female bartender, like later centuries later. But anyway, alewife or brewster. Brewster is sick as well. Is that, yeah, wait, wait, so are you good. just mispronouncing barista? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's barista, actually. Oh, they also could represent themselves legally. <laughs> no, they can't. Yeah. They really can't. Yeah, alewife is this. So the reason why it was alewife is because in, this is not the same English being spoken then. Um, is older Middle English. I can actually never remember which one's which, mm-hmm. which time period is which. But wife actually kind of meant woman most of the time. Right. It didn't actually mean specifically spouse. Oh, I mean, in German, it's kind of the same, isn't mm. it? Like, yeah, so Frau for the same reason. <laughs> Frau, yeah. yeah, yeah. So wife then just meant sort of woman. So it's sort of meant ale woman, which of course was commonly a wife of somebody, especially if they were brewing ale because they needed time to do that. Right. So this is like a, because this was a household task, that's why it was sort of feminine. Okay. It's kind of hard it was to imagine. food, mm. right? Because yeah, yeah. it was food. And so who's responsible for providing nourishment in the household? But this is like, get out of your mind the brewing industry. This is a cottage thing. This is, we've got extra beer. We'll sell it on in a bucket. Here you go. Have a bucket of right. beer. Gotcha. They need to bring that back. Uncovered bucket of naturally fermented ale. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Um, and also they would brew some recreational beer. So some stronger beer, which is called like um, strong ale or ship's ale, which is amazing. Ship's ale, ship's ale, come on, ships. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it was to keep it or you know, or probably to, to keep it because it's like if there's or to more give to sailors because though. it means you lose your sea legs on land. <laughs> I think it's because um, the alcohol content would act as like the higher alcohol content would preserve it for longer. Yes. Yeah, but so this this all changed because so like it became man's work, and so that this, we have this image of it being man's work. That's because the industry expanded. Mm-hmm. The reason why the industry expanded was chiefly because of hops, which is really really cool. Um, this is based off a book by Judith Bennett, by the way, called a- "Ale, Beer, and Brewsters in England: Women's Work in a Changing World." Nice. And she's got really cool arguments about this stuff. Um, so hops. So this is an important part of the beer story because hops um, was a, you know a crop, like a little flower. Um, that started to be used to flavor beer as a bittering agent, as a, so it's so-called, in Central and Eastern Europe. And what they found was that the beer was lasting longer because what they, what we now know from chemistry is that it's a stabilizer. It is, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it was making the beer last longer. And so then that started traveling west in Europe. Um, uh, the Dutch started using it. From the Dutch, they it's went over to, to England. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And there was this whole competition then between, it's, this is like 13, 1400s, between hops beer, and it was using the word beer, mm. the Germanic word beer, compared to English ale, which comes via Old Norse and, and um, okay. yeah, it's a different language route, right? That's where mm. you got these two words. And the ale was without hops. And there was this whole campaign, there was this whole like serious thing about like, no, we've got to drink English ale um, rather than this Germanic beer. We're going to turn our alcohol into some jingoistic mess. So, we're gonna so the fun thing about hops is that it's actually part of the cannabinoid family. The what family? The cannabis family. The cannabinoid family. Cabin, cannabinoid. The, that sounds like a scare campaign canna, for cannabis in the 70s. The like turn your child into a cannabinoid. Cannabinoid. Cannabicaea. <laughs> Creeping through your kitchen at night. Um, Looking for snacks. Greasy, smoky fingers <laughs> digging into your rich chocolate cake. Okay. The other thing, I can go some chocolate the, cake. The thing with, other thing with hops is in the brewing process, they only use the female plants. So they only use the flowers from the female part of the plant. Right. Uh, they don't use the boys. The alewife part of yes, the plant. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and it has antibacterial effects as well. And that's really? why, so it was used, also hops has been used for a very long time in herbal medicine um, and other sort of beverages, like, like, like literally just other flavoring other things. Shit for monks to drink because yeah. they became desensitized to alcohol. Very yeah, quickly. and it, it is the thing that imparts the bitterness, which is kind of argued to balance out the sweetness of the malt. And there's actually a bitterness unit scale that they use to measure kind of this this sort of scale on beers, the international business unit. Is this the beer, units. like yeah, Scoville, yeah, yeah. Scoville measure? Yeah, for like basically, <laughs> for, for bitters. Okay. Um, and so you've got, you've got lots of different... Um, What's, what I found super interesting about hops actually was not so much like the fact that it imparts the floral citrus bits or the stabilizing. It's the fact that it has an antibiotic effect that favors brewer's yeast or brewer's style yeast and mm. actually kills uh, bad microorganisms that you wouldn't want in your beer, but actually supports the yeast creating the beer. So they basically right. discovered beer magic flour. Yeah, yeah. It also is uh, aids in head retention. Head return. Oh, of the head of, of the of beer. The, of right. the head of the beer. Okay, I thought you meant like maintaining one's cool <laughs> while drunk. Like oh, handling one's shit. No. Okay. No. no. Although I was expecting a different kind of head joke, but that's fine. We'll no, go. No, I'm that. an adult. Maintaining uh, you? your safety from the political revolution. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Got me going. Yeah. Um. But as we said, like prior to prior to hops, they did use other other things, but they didn't. It was mainly for flavor. Um, yeah, it's not like they they were they may not have been knowing that that was a preservative, mm. and they surely would have discovered hops as a preservative, and they did because they started shipping um, beer further, and it sort of evolved from a cottage industry and something like a sort of medieval industry where you were trading beer longer distances. Previously, you could only take it a couple of miles reasonably. Mm. It also um, looks like this. Oh okay. my god, guys! It looks like that. It looks, it looks like, like this, that. Guys. Everybody, look. <laughs> Everybody, um, you see, you've got the plant, and it's got the bits. It does have bits on it. It looks like a... Yeah, okay, so let me read what the bits are called, by the way. The bits, <laughs> the bits are called the strig, the bracteol, the bract, and the lupulin glands. Those contain resins and essential oils. And the essential oils are really, really important because it creates flavour. Um, but it's actually a really cute looking plant. So look up hops because they, I pictured it to be like more like thistly, right. kind of spiky or something like that. But it's, it's actually like, quite a soft little plant. It's like if corn was an artichoke that dangled. Yeah, but, it's like, but, but also it's like Artichokes, soft. Artichokes, that's what it looks like. It's soft 
light green colored and it's got this like it's really quite like like flower petals it's beautiful that's nice okay so hops meant that beer could be taken further um and traded further and made on mass so there was another thing that happened around the same time of this which is the black death so what the black death did is it basically it was ridiculous in europe it hit it so much harder than the rest of the world for a variety of reasons that was mostly the point hygiene. Where they, that's the point where they stopped calling hangovers the black death and uh because they, you know, got really confusing. <laughs> like, uh, I woke yeah. up this morning with the Black Death boys. And then, Real just, fucking and then you're locked dusty. in a room. <laughs> um, quarantined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Black Death basically halved the European population. Like it was insane. And the thing is, the dark sort of truth of that is that it did a lot of good for the people who survived because Europe was hugely overpopulated. It just suffered many famines. And all of a sudden, there was a greater availability of land, resources, and credit. Uh, on account of the many deaths. On account of half the people disappearing. 60% so really of stuff. the people disappearing. Like two thirds. <laughs> notice that it's less crowded. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't help but notice, yeah. but there's fewer people about. I know. Yeah, I miss my son. I'm going to open a big um, <laughs> <laughs> I miss my sons. Jesus. Okay, so anyway, um, there's a greater availability of credit. Problem is, women had no ability to get credit. They couldn't. Borrow money. Right. Uh, they basically had very little. And, and this why was that, about England Sam? specifically. Why was why couldn't women get money? Well, they had very little legal because personal. of the patriarchy. Is that right? It's putting yeah. it a little bit lightly. Like they were basically not legal people. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were <laughs> essentially they were just we were covering that before. <laughs> like casserial slaves. Like you know, like this is like corporeal slaves. Whatever. So. Um, this is a real problem. Um, they had a, a sort of legal fiction often where married women who were Brewsters would the husband have a legal fiction that they were responsible, but it didn't always work. And also in this time period, as Judith Bennett explains, um, the women weren't trusted culturally. They were seen as uh, devious. Can I ask, you say that with a blanket <laughs> statement. Are we mm. just talking about Europe at this Sorry, point? Sorry, yeah, like as, as I said, like the, the Black Death was sort of a European yeah. thing, but here we're talking about England specifically. England specifically, yeah, women yeah. weren't trusted. That, okay. that specific And is that moment. because of like the relationship, the historical relationship between like women and like magic? Yeah, and, and yeah, and this and is the Christian theology. Oh, the Christian stuff. Yeah. Even they're Apple, it started at the very beginning. Yeah, there's women that, are inherently evil. There's that part of evil. like the, the Bible where it's like, women, am I right? You yeah, know, and everyone was just like, sounds Genesis, great. Genesis chapter one, verse 32, women, am I right? Yeah, so basically all of these things- <laughs> We're not going to fact check that. I think you're right about mm -hmm. that. All these things led to the fact that the legal fiction of men running it became the reality of men running it over several centuries. And the more it became, the more interesting part of this is that the more it became a business task rather than a household task, the more it became a masculine thing and a men's thing oh, yeah, okay. than a woman's thing. Yeah. And so over time, as breweries got bigger and bigger and bigger mm. and started to actually produce recreational ales and beers as a norm, um, that's when it became a man's business. And it's not hard to like over, I might be overreaching with the argument here, but like to say that like, Men then drinking in, being the dominant ones drinking in pubs with the spare time and the money and the agency, and also being the ones brewing it, sort of eventually masculinizes this so you're, beverage. So you're pinpointing this is the moment where it became. Yeah, generous. I'm sort of like a overreaching a bit beverage. for fun and kind of going like, yeah. okay, well, like over those hundreds of years, you can see the trajectory of how yeah, this becomes okay, right. a man's drink from a family drink, from a family friendly beverage. From yes, lunch. <laughs> Am I right in remembering that there was this like, accident, a porter-based accident that happened with oh a brewery. God. Yes, yes. Wait, did when we talk was that? I meant to look up. So there was oh. a beer flood. The um, beer flood, Actually, Sam, yes. I know how to search for this. Yes. Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, list of non-water floods. 
Wiki. <laughs> this is proper depths of Wikipedia content. Is this one that you discovered when researching plumbing? I think it was actually. Yeah, yeah that's gross. Um, yeah, it was. A, it was. A, so if I recall, it was barrels of porter. I think maybe in the 1700s, 1800s in England. The and London beer flood. Yes. Is it that it. one? That'll be it. 1814. Yeah, 1814. Yeah. And like you imagine, because there were wooden barrels. So the first like mass production era, they didn't have these giant like metal barrels mm -hmm. that we have now in brew pubs. Like there were huge wooden barrels, and so things would go wrong. Mm. So if you imagine if you, and this is you know less exacting methods of, of fermentation, and so if it expands, yeah, it explodes. See, yeah. And we're talking about an insane amount of beer, and it actually flooded into a nearby slum. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus! And drowned many people Are you in actually water. Serious? And most of the people in the slum were Irish. Yes, oh, which is bad. But yeah, and I, I think you know ethnic minorities yeah, of London, and yeah. I think that's really interesting well because people don't. I, I think people don't think about the fact that like we're talking about a chemical process here of yeast meets sugar releases alcohol and carbon dioxide. So, so there are inherent risks. There's in risk. The, the pressure. Yeah. yeah, there's a pressure situation you need to factor in because you're producing gas. Mm. You're producing gas, which also <coughs> can be quite high. <coughs> Thank you. Uh, excuse me. Um, which can can build and build and build, which is why when you are, say, making wine, you need to have like proper, so I've made wine before, you, you have mm. to have this sort of special tap to allow gas yeah. to escape. Otherwise your glass bottle will just simply explode. Yeah, I mean, the same as if you're fermenting anything. Really. Yeah, you need to be sure that everything's sealed properly, but in a way mm. that also allows gas to escape or it's sealed in a way that gas can't accumulate. And also sterilized. I'm just going to use that word again yeah, because I have it in my brain. The worst part of the London beer flood if that really exacerbated it was that not only was it like a beer tsunami, um, like like a person high wave what the fuck, of porter. Jesus. But the thing is, is because of the economic situation of the, the slum. The Black Death, yeah. <laughs> because of the economic situation. That's, that's not okay. Um, <laughs> the, the economic situation of the slum, the, they had like downstairs areas, the cellars were just filled in with people. Mm. And the cellars would just instantly flood because that's, that's where the way the porter went. Pure darkness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I, that's, that's a awesome really dumb back to us. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, can special I, can holiday I just episode. Make a point. Don't look up that this list. One's for the kids. Don't look up that list because it's um it's just it's tragedy after tragedy. Yeah, so yeah. like you don't need to read that list. It's bad times. Trust Some, us, it's bad. Someone summer accidents, summer negligence, it's bad. So I think it's time to talk about the beer itself. And the different types of beer. Right you reckon? Because, yes. Do you want me to explain how beer is made first? Oh, let's do that first. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yes. How is beer made? That's a really great question. So you know what I love about reading about the process of making beer? Now is there I like, need to pick. No, I don't. It's fine. You have to wait now. I do. Um, so they always like, they're like, it's so simple. There's four ingredients and four easy steps. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> four easy steps. So four ingredients, very simple. Grain, barley, wheat, corn, whatever you want to use. Hops, which is the cute plant that we saw just before. Yeast, wild or otherwise procured. Mm -hmm. Wild and, or raised in, uh, in or, captivity. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and water. So you need those Which four. is not a beverage. <laughs> As we have clearly established. We Never mix a beverage with a beverage. Well, I love the fact that in a lot of beverages, you require water. Water is a core ingredient of a lot of beverages. As we covered in our cocktails episode, which you can find anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Very good. Okay, so there are four very simple steps. I will break them down 
a bit more, but I'm just going to list them to Procure start Procure yeast. No, malting, brewing, fermentation, and then the last step is just final steps. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Is one of them profit? <laughs> okay, so what do you do? What's malting? It's a great question. What I'm is so malting? You it's where your feathers so, fall out, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So this is um, actually, there's about seven minor steps in the malting process. So you've got to soak the grains and mm-hmm. the grains have to be ripe. Don't know what that means with grains. Yeah, right. What do you, I don't know what a ripe grain looks like. That's odd. Um, and then after you've done that for a few days, you'll change the water daily because, um, you know, you've got to transfer that to a shallow tank and aerate it. And then that leads to the production of enzymes, uh, which is important. Which is kind of the point, isn't it? Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to take the grains and you want to turn the starches into sugars. Okay. Into like less complex sugars because the starches within the grain are going to be quite bound up together and quite complicated. So you sort of need to like slowly sort of draw them out in a way that's going to allow for alcohol to be produced because Mm, mm. like I said, you need yeast plus sugar equals alcohol and carbon dioxide. That's the equation that everyone uses when they're making any alcoholic beverage is yeast plus sugar makes alcohol. Yeah, because it's fermenting the sugars within the grains. Within the grains. The natural sugars. But then there's another step where you've got to roast the grains. And so roasting the grains is a really, really important step for flavour and for kinds of beer. What I'm trying to do is figure out what roast the grains is a euphemism for. So you work on that and I'm going to keep... You do your little thing. We'll check in later. So obviously, and this is a really simple thing as well, the more the grain is roasted, the darker the beer. It's waxing your testicles is what it is. Oh, my God. You're right, it is. That makes sense. Um, So... Sorry, waxing one's testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So you've got something like a stout or a porter is going to be more roasted than something like a pale ale. Okay. Because it's a darker flavour. Yeah, so that's what creates the, the porter Toasty the kind of like, you but know. But is the, that also where the darkness comes from? Yes, it's where the darkness sort Part of comes. It comes from within me, actually. I'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then so once you've done this and you've done this for a while, that's where you get something called mash, which is essentially this very thick... Sorry. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and it's not mashed potato either. No, but Sadly. it is It is this sort of like slightly mushy, grainy soup. And this is actually really hard to make properly. I think this is the hardest step to get right. Samuel, for fuck's sake. Can you cease and desist? <laughs> Stop <clears throat> dying on mic. I was going to ask actually, because you, you say mash. Yes. Uh, sour mash. Mm-hmm. That's not a beer thing, right? That's isn't that like an That's American whiskey. whiskey thing? Okay, so um, it is an American whiskey thing, and I'm not sure how that actually works, but I do know that. So I learned that you can um, distill beer, right? Yeah. You still need to make a mash, I think, to still make alcohol. Because no, so, you- let me. So you distill beer, and you can you can create what you create is actually whiskey. It's called beer whiskey. Okay, we should do or that. Actually, um, beer schnapps. Beer schnapps. Oh, we should try that. Yeah. Yeah, beer schnapps. And so the reason why it works is because, and the reason why it's whiskey is because when you make whiskey, it's actually a really similar process where you ferment grains Mm -hmm. in in the big ward. Yes. And then you distill that. The only difference is you're not meant to drink it. Yeah. Right. So it's just producing a similar thing for a different purpose. And, and then, then you, you distill it, it, which then purifies it. So probably it. sour mash is the same thing. Different. Right. So you just pivot at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Like, are we doing this or that? All so right. then. <coughs> I swear to God. Sorry, continue, Samantha. I'm so sorry. 
honestly, you just can't get good help around here these days. <laughs> you you, can. you really um, can. So the mash then goes through an intense heating process. So this is all still step one, by the way. <laughs> step one. <laughs> um, so the, that mash goes through an intense heating process. It gets to about 60 to 70 degrees Celsius. And then you've got to let that also almost simmer for about an hour. And then once it's cooled off and then you filtrate it, that's where you get wort. And this is really important for the next step. You need to get to wort. Okay. And I think a lot of people when they're home brewing, they can't get their mash to turn into wort because it's very, it's a very precise process. You need to make sure you've got all your ratios correct. You need to make sure you've got your temperature working. You need to make things sure everything's sterilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Word of the day. Word we, of the day. Oh, we're sponsored by Dictionary. Um, we're not we're sponsored. Not. Hence why doing this in 1253 it in was a, a peasant's roll hut. Of the dice was challenging, yeah. uh, but also skilled mm. and, and requires someone who knew skills. But it also makes sense why something like beer took off versus something like whiskey that requires distillation to make it safe to drink. Unless or like you're in cider. Gaelic Island, of course. Of course, case. and then they had that on lock. They were like, <laughs> we've got it. Mm. So then you get to step two. So that was step one. Great. So we've made sort of like, That's like gross a, soup. I want I want to be clear. That step one is a, probably about a week to two weeks long. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's like got a lot of steps with That's, it. Yeah, it's like a Sub lot step. of steps. Okay, and now, now we're brewing. <clears throat> okay, step two. So then you brew the wort for about two hours, which I think is like, uh, where you have it at a, a a medium temperature. So there's like this weird, like you're heating and cooling and heating and cooling. Mm-hmm. But at the end of this boiling process is where the hops <laughs> is added. It's getting worse. I feel like it's getting worse. Do you but need yeah, to excuse yourself for a while? <laughs> Do you want to have, have some hops. water? Are you yeah. okay? Give okay. No, I'm, ne- I'm going to point it out even more. Um, and so- this is important. I think they figured out through trial and error that you want to add the wort, the hops at the end of the wort boiling, not to start, because if you do it at the start, it makes it more bitter. Okay. Because so you can vary the bitterness of your depending beer on when by you, timing your hops, hops or through quantity the, of hops. So it's not just ingredients. Like it's not just like oh, the same recipe for every beer. No, exactly. <laughs> and on, and it's why sometimes you can have a beer and it tastes slightly different every single time is because like we're still talking about a very organic process, even in these sort of like large scale manufacturing places. Huh. Things like it's the same with baking. It's like things like humidity and other other environmental elements can still play a part. Right. So and there's a few beers that are not hoppy, but they will add a dash of hops for the aroma of it because it it also gives the beer that nice kind of aroma of beer, that kind of multi-bitterness of beer. Mm. Um, okay, so that's step two. Step two is a lot shorter. It is a lot shorter. It's actually kind of one step, which I like. And then you've got- <laughs> it's not trying to 15. Yeah. And then you've got fermentation. So this is the point where you have, you, you have to let it sit for a while, like anywhere from a week to two weeks. And so you've got two different kinds of fermentation. You have top fermentation mm. and you have low fermentation. And this, again, dictates what kind of beer you're going to get. Right. So ale is top fermented, uh, lager is bottom fermented. Yeah, and the temperature is key to both of those the as well. The temperature is important. So ales are like top fermented yeast. It's the kind of yeast. Yes. What does that and mean? Well, it means it ferments at the it top of the It sits at the top of the oh, beer. Okay, so it is, it is And bottom, it is. Is, <laughs> bottom means it sinks yes. to the but bottom. top fermented yeast is, is usually um, like warm, warm condition, like so, warm fermented. And when we say warm, we mean 15 to 25 degrees Celsius. So like warmer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then your lagers are like at the bottom fermenting yeast and cold conditioned. 4 to 12 like, degrees Celsius. Yeah, very cold. There you go. So what happens here in this process is the thing that basically dictates the kind of beer you're going to get. Um, obviously, the hops dictates it. The grain dictates it, all of that. But this is the bit where you're going to get, you decide whether it's an ale or a lager based on top or bottom. 
And then this also is what produces higher or lower alcohol beer because top fermentation produces higher alcohol beer, bottom fermentation produces lower alcohol beer. Oh, that makes intuitive sense because of lagers. Yeah. Lagers are lower no. alcohol, nap- like usually, than ales are. Obviously, we have managed to figure out a way to maximize efficiency of yeast to alcohol production. You mm-hmm. can do that by increasing the sugars, by like over malting. You can do that by increasing the yeast. You That's know, there's cool. lots of different ways that you can mm. e- extract more alcohol from these processes. Heat is a big one as well because it just speeds up reaction yeah, time. When you think about it, like the um, <coughs> the beers now, the range is just insane. Yes. <laughs> it's just, you know, like the range between like a raspberry sour or like an IPA <laughs> all the way to like Kolsch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, steak, berry. <laughs> So now we're up to final steps. This one has actual beef in it. Good luck. So final steps. This is the bit. So after you've done all of that, you fermented it for a week to 12 days. This is where you cask it. Ah, okay. Because you get something called young or green beer. You don't want to drink this yet. You have to cask Uh, it. Young or green beer. So it's shit. It's bad. So what this tends to be, it, it, it tends to be put into, you know, various kinds of casks. Um, you can, and you obviously can get beers now that are in very specific casks if you want a slightly different flavor to be imparted. Mm. Um, and you also can now get whiskeys that have been put into old beer casks, which then impart different flavors. It's a very fun cross-pollination nice. that's happening. Nice. Um, and so what happens is because because in this process, you start getting this uh, these two chemicals start building up in a large quantity, uh, which is butane, dione, and pentane dione. Whoa, and they whoa, just, whoa. Butane? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Is it fine? It's fine. <laughs> okay. So, um, they don't. Thanks for saying so. They don't have a pleasant taste, and they decrease as the beer ages. Ah. So it has to go into a cellar for at least a few weeks, if not a couple of months, depending on the beer type and whatever. Ah, so this is but like you when can you... also pasteurize beer, which speeds up the process. Can I ask what the difference longer aging means? Is it is it purely just alcohol amount, or is it just flavor? Or did um, you just say that? <laughs> I think it's a combination of both. I couldn't find any evidence of whether or not longer. Sorry, Beth. Nice. Whether longer casking means it has a richer flavor. I wonder if it's just because I I don't. Depending I don't on if the yeast is still active within the cask, maybe you would Ooh. then get higher alcohol content. Yeah, but you don't get aged beers very often, unlike no. wines and um, whiskey. Oh no, I don't mean by the freaking you know decade for ten years. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, because it, it is it is a. a a short life product. Well, my obviously. my theory is based on what I've read about the chemistry of it is that basically different kinds of beer would then produce various quantities of these two chemicals that you want to like age out of it. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you're producing something that is like a longer brewing process, a longer fermentation process, for instance, that probably would allow for a greater increase of these two chemicals, which means you need to then cask it for longer to allow those to disappear gotcha, for yeah, longer, right-o. to just like round everything out. Mm. But I, I don't know. Um, and then once it's kind of there, um, so and then so the other method they have, so that's like in the cask, you can also pasteurize it, kind of like what we do with our milk where you mix through heat. Um, you mix the two parts together so that they don't separate anymore. Yeah, okay. Um, they have a shorter shelf life, so people don't tend to do this. Mm. Um, um, and they're often referred to as ice beers because you have to keep them refrigerated. Right. And then you've also got, and so obviously, this is we're talking large scale here. You've also got beers kind of like uh, Coopers where they have the yeast in the bottle and you've got yes. things where they have yes. to say best after. I was actually That's going a, to um, ask about that. It's a very complicated thing. I don't 
fully understand how that works because right. I don't. By the way, Coopers is a, is a South Australian beer for those of us. Yeah, yeah. And it's known for its sedimenty quality and you have to yeah. kind of roll the You have to roll first. it. And I yeah. think that they, because there was nothing that I saw that talked about fermentation in bottles or anything like that. that I makes think I have a loose understanding is that there's a stage in a bottling process sometimes where you can add a bit of yeast to sort of carbonate. So it's a very oh. small amount. It's not the yeast that's used in the fermentation. That would make sense, yes. that would be obviously untenable. That would be gross. Yeah. I've always wondered about that because I'm like, hang on, if it's got live yeast, doesn't this Cooper's bottle sit in my fridge starting to ferment and get gross or poisonous? And explode. But, it's like, no. but no, there's already <laughs> alcohol in there, which would slow everything down. Yeah, so down. it's just a tiny amount that actually yeah. creates the, the Cooper's So then may have it. once you've got it all yummy, yummy, you then package it up. You put it in bottles, cans, kegs, whatever you want. But mm -hmm. the thing that they say is it's like the, the container needs to be strong enough to withstand the extra pressure because you need to add CO2 and also you need to account for potential CO2 developing. Oh, of course, because it would be forced carbonation in bottles as in well. In bottles. I was just thinking about the kegs when they tap and it And in up. cans too. And in cans, yeah. Mm. yeah Which is why when at the beginning of the episode we had that nice yeah. sound is because they, they forced the CO2 in there. <laughs> yeah. And whenever you open a, a, a bottle of beer as well, it has that lovely... Yeah. Yeah. Nice but one. in terms of the beer brewing process, water is kind of the most important aspect of it because this is the thing that actually... It's so, it's so fascinating. This is the thing that actually sort of dictates the style of beer you're going to get. Because the grain the is one of thing. Water or the... the kind of water. Oh, wow. The regionality of the water. Well, when you think oh about it, like, it's like I said earlier, like water is 97% of beer. You can imagine if just I've like... I've got 93% here, so I don't know what sources you're using. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using Wikipedia. You're probably wow. right. Yeah, so like uh, the, the... If you use Brisbane tap water... You know, like really hard, like minerally cakey water that's got white bits in it occasionally. Like, excuse in, me. If you just use that in beer, I imagine it wouldn't be as good as if you did it in Tasmania. Uh, yeah, well, this is. Source so, it from the spring. And the same goes for like, you know, different wine. Like, water is so integral to all alcohol production. And so the kind of water dictates the flavor. So Dublin has very hard water. Hard water is really well suited for making stouts. Really? The Pizon region. We should do it has very soft water, which is really ideal for making pilsners. Okay. Um, because the pilsner is named after the Pilsner region. And the waters... <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was from there. Yeah, and the waters <laughs> of Burton in England contain high concentrations of gypsum, which is really important because it benefits making pale ales. And actually there's a process called Burtonization oh. where people will add gypsum to the water in order to produce better quality pale ales because it, it actually is. Because <laughs> it was just from this yeah. one place. Mm, yeah, so amazing. I actually read a book. Um, I read a whole And if it's book. not from that region, it's 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 sparkling soup. <laughs> so sparkling I, barley. Sparkling bread. <laughs> I read this really interesting book called The Chemistry of Beer by Roger Bath and he published it in 2013. Um, and he said this, he said, beer cannot be made from perfectly pure water. The process that turns barley... Uh, to alcohol and carbon dioxide depends on the presence of traces of metal ions like calcium ion, copper ion, and zinc ion. They're really important to the process and they need to be in there in trace components. But what happens is, so when we're saying hard water and soft water, what we're talking about is hard water is really is really high in concentration of um, ionic minerals. Right. So it's sort of, you've got a lot of calcium ion, you've got a lot of magnesium. So you've got a lot of calcium and magnesium in your water, like we have in Brisbane. We have very hard water. Soft water doesn't have high concentrations of these ions. And it's easier to wash clothes in soft water. Yeah. And so what and happens yourself. is when you have magnesium in your water, this binds with things like carbonate and binds with elements that come from the barley, 
which then are very soluble and allow for sort of like these very specific kinds of softer ales to be produced because it's binding with some extra kind of floating mm. elements in the water and taking them out of the equation. See, what I love about this is yet again, it's one of those things where it's like someone has been so innovative in the past and probably, not, I mean, most likely not known mm. the extreme detail to which this has gone that's, and why this has been created this way. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's really, really cool. And so it kind of, you sort of look in and you go like, oh, are German people just, like a people from the Pizan region really into Pilsners? It's like, well, no, Pilsners was just what they made because that's what they could make. It's like Irish people yeah. really like stout. But that's because their water is really also very good at produ producing stout. Mm. And there you have it. That's why And there you have it. Thing. And so it's like, is the environment dictating the beer? Is the beer being like, what's the, what's the process here? It's a bit of both. It's a bit of yeah. what can you use? And mm. what is the natural resources of your area? And then that creates a taste preference. Yeah. Amazing. And then a lot of ideas too. Like, I mean, so I was thinking about the different types of, of beers, right? And what each one of them is basically like an invention. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really cool. So like, I think about ales versus lagers. Actually, I should clear up first. It's like, okay, if, you, if you're an English speaker and you have like ale and beer as a dichotomy, that's, that's not right. Mm. So we, I mentioned before about the how in medieval times ale versus beer in England was a thing. The, the war between <laughs> the yeah. war, the briefly fought war before yeah. it was like, oh, hops is obviously better. Um, <laughs> whoops, sorry. Whoopsies. So that creates a confusion. It's apparently pretty much just the on, the English language which has this confusion mm -hmm. um, because everybody else just calls it like beer or ale or cerveza or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so um, in the Middle Ages, ale was without hops. Nowadays, that's not the case. Beer is an umbrella term for everything that we're talking about. It's Ales, it's porters, it's lagers. Stouts, anything. Ale is a type of beer. Yeah. Right, so like, just now that out of the way. That. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so like, okay, ales. So we mentioned earlier that ales are warm fermented yeasts, so they create like a fruitier and sweeter flavor mm -hmm. um, than, other, than other beers. But the most common ale is a pale ale, of which we're drinking a variant. Um, so the pale ale is really, really common. And this is another another piece Doesn't of innovation. Doesn't this beer contradict itself though, because it is a hazy pale ale? You know what I mean? <laughs> it is it's like a pale ale though. that we left a bunch of shit in. Uh... Yeah, but it's still very pale in color versus compared to a porter or a stout. Yeah, but even Fair. before porters and stouts. So if you were in a pub in 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 Europe uh, in the 1700s or the 1600s, and um, all your ales would have been brown, and the reason was is because no matter what color malt you were using it was dried over a fire. Mm. So they were drying it with fire mm. and as a result, they would impart smoky brownness to it. And so all the ales would be brown. And then what happened in the 1700s is with um, the sort of age of coal sort of dawning because mm. they had Coke, which is like a... <clears throat> <laughs> uh, well, it's like a coal byproduct. Yes. What do you think? It's a big rock and it's hot. Yes. Anyway, mm -hmm. it's a big rock and it's hot and it doesn't impart the, the, the uh, sort of pollution onto the thing that you're drying. Yeah. So it just heats it. And so the malts remained pale. If you were using pale malts, they stayed pale. And so suddenly they brewed a ale that was pale. Kind of like that golden color that a lot of people assume yes. is An ale. An ale that was pale in the vessel. Yeah, and pestle. people would love it because it was like this whole new thing. It's like, oh my God, look, it's so bright and refreshing so and crisp. Are you saying that like red ales, brown ales, amber ales are all, are they going to then be more toasted now versus a no. pale ale? So amber ales, that's a really recent term, by the way, amber ale. Mm. It's not used universally. Australia is one of the places where it's used. Um, amber ale is just ale that's made with amber-colored malt. It is a pale ale. Oh. It is, it is like a pale ale. Basically. What about a red ale? It's the same. Oh. Um, yeah, so, but, and then um, like your porters and stuff are where it's roasted. 
and it's yummy. English bitter, by the way, is a pale ale. Is it? Yeah, and the reason why is because um, they they used to have different names for it, right? So like in in like this time period, and especially in the nineteenth century, sorry, they'd say, "Oh, there's a mild ale," and the pale ale would have been confusing because they're both called ales. Mm. Remember, they don't have like you know <laughs> brand names like or the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, this is a loud place, um, and the pale ale at the time was considered much more hoppy and bitter. Mm-hmm. So it was bitter flavored to, to, to their tastes. So it was called a bitter. So it was a mild and a bitter. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of stayed in England. And now the English bitter is like its own thing. The American pale ale. Yes. Yeah, so I've got to talk, I'm just going to keep talking about pale ales because it's kind of it's so dominant. American pale ales is like a really, really fruity, smooth flavor. It's much lighter. And the reason is, is just because they're using American specific hops. Hmm. So this is an example of where it's just what, you know, as you said, Sam, like regionality. What, regionality, like what crops you have. Yeah. And that's only in the 80s with the sort of craft beer sort of revolution in the US and the American Pale Ale was developed, I think, by a Sierra, Sierra Nevada company, at least on a mass scale. Okay. So that you can buy that. I see that in Australian bottle shops. Yes. That particular one. I, I too that see that. Beer. I do and like an American uh, Pale Ale. It's quite- cheap and, uh, <laughs> and <it's> accessible yes. <laughs> in these unprecedented times. <laughs> well, what time. about what we're drinking right now, which is an IPA? The IPA. Okay, so the IPA, for those who don't know, is short for India Pale Ale. Um, so the myth goes... I think, that- get it, India. <laughs> The yeah. myth goes that it's this is a really strong, you know, what it, what's what's the percentage ABV of this uh, alcohol by volume? Six percent, so quite strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, quite strong. So the myth goes, oh, it was made by English brewers to ship to India during the British India days, and in order to ship it for that, they had to make it higher in alcohol and stronger. Sorry, I love how you say during the British India days. Back in those days. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, so like through the, India, through the East India Company, there was, so part of this is true, so there was an IPA series of India pale ale style pale ales mm-hmm. that were made for shipping to India. However, they were not strong. So they were adding extra hops for stability. They were adding extra hops. Are so these, the extra hoppiness. sale sort of stuff that we Yeah, were yeah, no, but this about. is the 19th century. So way later. Way later. Yeah. Okay. So in the 19th century. <laughs> but again, it's a similar principle. They, they had to make it for shipping, otherwise it would go off. They yeah. don't have fridges. Which is why they're so hoppy, but they weren't more Because the hoppy was stabilizing. But it actually wasn't, it, it was slightly stronger than a pale ale, but it was not considered a strong beer in an English pub in those days. Well, I mean, <laughs> they probably have just bloody different standards, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, they had bloody special strong. extra bitter or something that was, yeah. that was stronger. They learned how to handle their shit from the monks. Well, that just reminds me of that one beer that we got at Newstead, which you could only get in ponies or pots because it they was legally... so strong they couldn't legally sell it to you at a higher thing. <laughs> it was like it was, it was like twelve like percent alcohol. It was no, like no, no. A... It was like close to a proof spirit. I it was like twenty five percent. It was fucking. No, no, no. I'm not was kidding. Was it a chocolate and I don't remember. It was it was a porter or stout. It was the cigar stout that we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, give, give me the ashtray stout. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so talking about alcohol strength makes me want to talk about the porter. Because you know how there's porters and there's stouts. And for those familiar, those are two very dark, strong beers. What's the difference between them? They are fairly interchangeable. So I thought there would be, oh, is there surely some objective difference? And I'm like, no, 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 everyone's confused. It's all a mess. Um, and the reason is, is because there never was any difference to begin with. Because the reason why stouts are called stouts and are generally stronger is because they were stout porters. Okay, right. It was just a yeah. Yep, just it was a, just stout porter. A stronger. Board. I feel lied to a little bit. But the thing is, I find that a porter in a modern context is fizzier, whereas a stout is creamier. Yeah, like I was going to say there's a flatness to a stout versus a porter. If you asked any beer drinker, they're going to say a different thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's just they, they just use a different word. I think. Honestly, yeah. should we? I swear we to God, should, I think we should decide 
from now on. Definitively. It's Definitively, this, we yes. should do this yeah. and we should, at the end of this episode, we should just figure out like, if this is what a porter is, this yeah. is what a stout is. The difference is. between a porter and a stout is crazy. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. so, here's, <laughs> here's a curiosity about porters. Um, and I'll say porters because I think it's a better term to describe all of them. Gotcha. Um, they are only from the 19th century onwards. So it was, it was invented at that time period. And it was toasting... The mo- yeah, but they were just brown stuff beforehand. Oh, it doesn't okay. count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, there was brown stuff, and then this this particular I way love of doing that, it. Like my confused face, you were just like, sorry. I, to be, he's I, clarifying because I had a confused face. Feel the need to clarify, and they are brown malts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so what I found out through this is brown malts were actually cheaper ones. Pale malts were more expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that does not really matter. It doesn't really matter. The brown malts were cheaper, and that's why. So it was called a porter, and you know, the, so the story goes. It's because porters drank it, you know, like it was popular amongst oh, porters. Oh wow! Yeah, but the thing is, though, I'm like, I don't know. This feels like all the etymology where I'm like, I'm a bit sus now. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it, it also implies that there could be like a beer type called dickhead, you know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, but, like, but that's the thing. Like, that's okay, so <laughs> there would have been a lot of porters in London in the, that time period. So What's it's, a it is uh, like you carry bags. Oh almost yes, a, thank yes. you. Almost a like port. a messenger, probably in this in this context. Mm-hmm. So there would have been mobile. And working class, but not so poor that they couldn't drink beers. Of course. So and so mobile, like socially mobile. Yeah. Um, but why? Like why it's kind of believable to me is like it's kind of the equivalent of a brand name, isn't it? Because it was kind of I think porter was sort of a little bit of an umbrella term for like you know working class folk mm. of a particular kind. Like I don't know, maybe like uh, yuppie. Like for craft beers. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, so mm. this is the yuppie IBA. Like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> young <laughs> professional, I don't know how universal the term yuppie is. Yeah. Um, Thank you for the, for the beer and, <laughs> like, uh, and go fuck yourself. Um, okay, so, yeah, what's, so what's Porter the deal? Porter was cheaper um, than pale ale, so it was considered a working class drink. Mm-hmm. Um, hilariously, our main, our main source for historical information on porters and their recipes, by the way, is an open letter by a man named Obadiah Poundage <laughs> in the Gentleman's Gazette. <laughs> Gazette? Just so much. First of all, can I just say, for the record and for historical accuracy, that dude fucked. Yes. <laughs> for sure. We can say that definitively <laughs> on this podcast. I think it's like the book. <laughs> <laughs> we somebody killed him. scratched off his last name, and all you got was his like nickname in the middle. You know, Obadiah Poundage Johnson, <laughs> and they're just like. Yeah, so he was just calling for a price increase on porters because he was sick of it. He was jack of it. I'm he was brewing porters. Is, I don't want uh, this. I'm it's sick of so it. cheap. I'm sick of these low class. Yeah. <laughs> so because because porters were often hoppier, actually they had more hops in them than yeah pale ales of the time. So it was more expensive for him to produce. Uh, I presume so, but it was. Also, I was just going to say they also shipped it to India. So the whole ah, sort of myth okay. of the strong beer has to be shipped to India. It's like, no, hoppy beer has to be shipped across the world in this time period. So they shipped porters to India just fine. I don't know why you'd want to drink a porter in India, but <laughs> like, I'd rather drink an IPA, frankly. Um, and of course, there's the Irish dry stout, which is a variation of a porter. Right. Um, what's cool about this is, again, it was called a stout because it was a stout porter. It was stronger, but mm. they also sold a plain porter. And this is the reason why in Dublin... Um, you would order a pint of plain, and that was a thing that happened. A pl- a pl- I'll have a pint of plain, as in plain porter. And that was a thing that happened. Do the voice. No, I'm not doing the voice. Guys, please do the do voice. It. Pint of plain, thanks. See, that's uh, fucking good. Fuck you. I was he's very something good at an Irish accent. I was going to do an offensive accent. He's racially people. charged. Yeah, he's people, he's yeah. very good at an Irish accent. Okay, um, that's good. I'm not going to do any more of them, though. So it was a pint of plain <laughs> in the 1700s, and that actually stuck, you know, to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, even long after the plain porter is no longer salt and it's all yeah. the, the stout one. But the Irish dry stout is very different to an English porter. 
And what the reason why that is is because they discovered that pale malts um, actually were more efficient for fermentation. They were so. This is the time when this is the Industrial Revolution era. They had a hydrometer, which is a thing to measure like the the, the density of the liquid, which is basically measuring the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so they, with that, they got really accurate about, it and they found, oh wow, pale malts are actually more efficient at fermentation than brown malts are. So we're going to buy the more expensive malt and roast the shit out of it. I love the idea that like mid-industrial revolution, it's like all of a sudden this new technology is available and there's a whole bunch of people just like doing something uh, in regards to something we've done for a long time and just making the following noise, just going, huh. <laughs> and then everything changes from hmm. that point. Well, yeah, okay, so I found out huh. that even though humans have known that yeast um, does has this magical effect on mm. like bread... Now buy bread to beer. beer. Okay, thank you. For <laughs> onions. <laughs> Even though it has this magical effect, they didn't actually know the science of it until Pasteur in yeah. eight, I think eighteen fifty seven. I, mean, so, I could have told you that they didn't know shit at all. They, they didn't, didn't know. know. They didn't so know the example of these brewers have been industrially <laughs> using yeast. Mm. And they didn't like, know how it And they it didn't know why it did things. Thank God there isn't like a form of beer that they could have accidentally made that would have killed everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, sure it happened. I mean, maybe. Hence, I dare like, you to drink it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So the last beer type that's worth talking about because it, and it's funny that it's last because it's actually the most consumed beer is lager. Mm. Um, lager I don't is, like lager. So you don't like lager? Don't like it. Okay. No, neither do I actually. Um, okay. But we are drinking Australian lagers, which are kind of you know, horrible. Shit. Um, um, first of all, I agree. Um, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it. <laughs> so you should think of lagers as your opposite of your ales because they're using bottom fermenting yeast and they're conditioned in cold and the yeast fermenting at cold temperatures. You might be asking like, how are they doing this in olden times? And mm. that's where it gets cool because, so the bottom fermenting yeast only came about um, in the 15th century. We're only sort of harvested, <laughs> you know, like conditioned in the wild mm-hmm. for around 15th C. Um, but they were cold conditioning beer in Germany because right. this is a total German thing. Why mm. would they do that? Centuries earlier. But why? Wow. Cold conditioning it using caves. Huh. Oh. Uh, caves, which are where they stored stuff. The word for storehouse in German is lager. So it's lager beer. Huh. 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 Interesting. <laughs> that goes all the way to Proto-Indo-European language, by the way, of like a leg sort of root word. It means yeah. to lie down or lay. Like store, how cool is that? So it's and not, also it's, suits the beer. Yeah, so it's just like <laughs> it's made in a cave, and it's good for a lie down. Uh, <laughs> and um, you yes. get sleepy. So how cool afterwards. is that? Um, but you know, even before refrigeration, so 19th century, the Germans are mass producing for beer halls and stuff, and usually like a brewery in a beer hall. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, I just want to say that the concept of a beer hall is fucking great. Just those yeah. two words next to each other. Yeah. So it's compound words like beer house, um, <laughs> yay, beer garden. <laughs> I fucking love German for that, by yes. the way. As an aside, the, just the, the compound word aspect yeah. of it, it's just, you know. Yeah, so, okay, they what they did is they um, needed to cool cellars sufficiently to cold condition the beer because it became really, really popular, um, you know, starting especially with the, the Pilsner. The Pilsner mm-hmm. beer. So they, they hauled ice, winter ice, so it's a seasonal thing. So you've got ice on lakes and stuff in winter that they hauled down into cellars mm-hmm. and tried to keep cool during the summer when people want to drink Pilsners. Um, so <laughs> got to hit the pills. Completely, yeah, hit the pills. Entirely logical. Um, and, you know, apparently they would, they would grow around the breweries um, trees because it would cool... It would cool the building. Is that down. how you get to be a garden? Mm. It is how you get the beer oh my garden. God, so nice. It's one of the contributors, many cultural oh, contributors to the German to beer have garden. cold beer. And you if come I to can, drink the beer in a cold place. If I can interject with just a, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Interesting. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. 
Also, I do have a hops rhyme as well. Hops rhyme? A hops rhyme. A hops rhyme. Somebody in this, not, this dude named Thomas okay. in 1557. Does he have a nickname like Poundage? No, he not. doesn't. His name is Thomas Tusser. Uh, so close. So close. So close. So in 1557, he wrote a book called 500 Points of Good Husbandry. And I think he means animal and plant husbandry, not being a husband because they didn't care about that well, in I mean, 1557. That's not, the, that's not what the word husbandry means. So that's, uh, that's good. So this is, the, this is the little rhyme that he wrote about the hops. He's like, the hop for his profit I thus do exalt. It's strengthened beer and it flavoreth malt. And being well brewed, long kept it will last. And drawing abide if you draw yet not too fast. Uh, there once was a man from Nantucket. I know. <laughs> it's like a limerick. Yeah. It's great, but I love it because it's this is how long hops has been. That's around. super cute. I'm a, Isn't it that's cute adorable. though? Okay. Yeah. So I'm about to jump up and get our final beers. Before I do, Yay. I need I must say that before very, very recently, there wasn't an easy way to differentiate beer styles that we were just talking about, lagers, ales, whatever. So it was known, differences were known, but they weren't clear, they weren't standardized. Well, they, they, it's hard to get consensus when communication isn't as uh, instant and available. Yeah, so what I mean by very recent is the 1970s, and it was the work Holy of none other than Michael Jackson. Michael? Um, Michael Jackson, the beer and whiskey writer. I see. Um, Sorry, Michael <laughs> Poundage oh, Jackson. Michael Jackson's beer styles uh, separated... He, he was the one who, like, created the categories. Yeah, because it's easy as ABC. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you just, yeah, Dale's giving me the thumbs up for that one, two of them. Yeah, so he was like the, the guy who kind of catalogued like what people had done and made it uniform. It was one of the contributors also to a lot of the ways we um, standardize. And around the same time, there were also the standardization of beers and like the bin and the scales that allow us mm -hmm. to separate raspberry sours from IPAs from Kolschlagers. <laughs> and thank God for that. And yeah. Also, I forgot to show you what I was talking about the okay, process. Okay, we got a little diagram. We have yep. a little uh -huh. diagram uh -huh. here. This cute little diagram about the process of making beer. And the thing that I forgot to mention is that everything is stainless steel now except for the brewing pot, which is copper. Which is copper, which is still copper. Which is still and copper. Isn't that the same? Because like with whiskey, because I visited yes. the Jamison's distillery in Cork in Ireland mm. when I was visiting family. And um, the... The stills were all copper as well yeah. in there. I don't know whether those were still used or just decorative for tourists. But still like used. You know, pretty nice cool. Nice. Because they're Soft stills. Still. Oh, see, that's cool. That was good. Where's my fucking thumbs up, Dale? Dale. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Um, but I like this. I will. I'll try and get a. Uh, we might put put the photo of this on Instagram actually because yeah, I think it's idea. actually a really great way of explaining the process of brewing. We'll put up the little uh, the and we'll little put up the hops little picture friend. as well. By the it's way, so at the Music and Everything podcast on Instagram. If you yes, you, if you want to see those, my because I have a tendency to bring visual aids to an audio only podcast. Yeah, we've got to, yeah we're going to put them up. We'll put those up because nice. they are very helpful in explaining this process. What have we got here? Samuel has preemptively opened his I beer. I can't open this I'm beer. Sorry. Celebratory. I'll just do mine. Hang on, Dale's trying to open his with his teeth, which is not recommended. You so, drink some of it, and then you're like, <laughs> hang on, here we go. That's the sound of my uh, stubby uh, cooler <laughs> creaking. Hang on. Deeply upsetting, hurting my hand. Uh, here we go. <laughs> there it is. I can't actually do mine. Um, do you want me to do it? Ah, nice one. All right, ladies cheers. and gents, cheers. This was a really fun episode, guys. I've, I have learned a fuckload about a topic that is really, really fun. Um, it's been a really good time. Happy holidays to all of you guys. Merry Thingmas or whatever it is that your thing is. I hope that you get to spend really good quality time with family or loved ones or both. Have a swell time. 
Drink a beer. Drink a beer. Or if two. you want to. If you want you to. Don't you don't have, have to. to. I'm not going to pressure you into <laughs> yeah. anything. We're not about peer pressure here at the Music and Everything Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until we do an episode on peer pressure. So thanks very much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you in the new year for season two. Take care of each other, friends. And we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.